Uh, I think this one's yeah. really good, so I'm excited. I like. I do like this one. <laughs> All right, yeah. ready. Furry meets furious, cuddly but not cute. Hang around for King Kong versus Godzilla. back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we're still trying our best to stay alive. I'm Eric. And I'm Mr. Taco himself, Alex. You are Mr. Taco, for sure. Yeah. Now, it's probably Taco, uh, probably. but I'm going to call him Mr. Taco because we're speaking English. And we're, we're stupid Americans, so he will be yeah, Mr. Taco for the rest of this episode. Maybe the Japanese had it right when they gave us that American edit of Godzilla, because... Right. We are stupid Americans. This is true. Hey, I did get some listener feedback this week. Oh, what'd you hear? My wife had some feedback, Neely. Uh, Oh, what'd she say? Well, I think you could probably guess her favorite part of the episode. It was the theometer, of course. she. Of course. Yeah, of course. She's like, oh my gosh, Theo's so cute. I'm like, yeah, but what about everything else? She's like, (laughs) really good, honey, really good. So... (laughs) 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 oh yeah needless to say she did not join me in my next watching of a godzilla film (laughs) yeah i I, you know i feel like i'm having to coerce cc into watching this with me sometimes i like i have to i have to set like a it's like a five-point plan (laughs) and it always involves getting gwen to lay on top of Cece on the couch, like right before bedtime. And then I turn it on and Gwen lights up and then Cece has to forcibly watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good plan. Yeah. 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 So that's my usual plan. If I ever want her to try to watch one of them. Nice. I, I don't know. We'll see if, if, if one of them comes around, that I think Neely could connect to in some way. I'll have, I'll have her watch it with me, but so far it has been a solo expedition. With, of course, you by my side. Well, and Theo, he tags along for some, and, so, some of them. And Theo, yeah, especially like the highlight clips that I give him afterwards. He he enjoyed the English version of King Kong versus Godzilla more, but that's probably because he speaks English and can't read yet. So this week, Alex, instead of monster news, um, I, I need a kaiju lesson because as you know and as the audience knows, I'm really not familiar with this genre. Um, I'm a newbie. I'm learning as I go. And I thought this week, I don't even really know what the definition of kaiju is. So, how would you define kaiju? Okay. Well, in Japanese, kaiju just means monster. But I think it's taken a life of its own to mean giant monster. Mm. So, I, I guess, what are some that you've got in mind that you want me to... Do you, do you have any, I guess, monsters that you think might be a kaiju? Well, yeah. So, I thought we could play a little game here uh, if you're interested um, I've got a series of some different TV shows, movies, anime that I'm going to list for you. I want you to tell me, are they kaiju or not? All right. You can give me as All long right. an explanation as you want or no explanation. <laughs> All right. So okay. first off, the original King Kong. Kaiju yes. or nah? <laughs> kaiju? Uh, kaiju. Kaiju. All right. Power Rangers. Kaiju to an extent, only when they get big, obviously. Pacific Rim. Kaiju. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Kaiju. Gundam. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I want to say no. I don't think they're quite big enough, so nah. Ultraman. Definitely. I mean, I think there's even an episode where he fights a Godzilla lookalike. Attack on Titan. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. They're 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 big enough to probably hit that barrier. The Iron Giant. That's <laughs> that's an interesting one. You know, I I wonder if a machine counts as a kaiju. Well, that was, I want to say yeah. I, you know, what? I, I want to say yeah. That because was he, he's he's pretty huge, right? He's bigger than a, he is. He's bigger than a Gundam. He's huge. That was my question with Gundam, though, is because Gundam is primarily robots, right? There's no real monster. So well, and they're not even robots. It's a man piloting a robot. True. Yep. Um, and lastly, what about Jurassic Park? No, I don't think so. I think because, you know, dinosaurs were real <laughs> at one point. So I don't know if it counts. If That's an interesting, hmm, that's an interesting question. So if a giant monster that lived from back in like, I don't know, a long, long time ago, dinosaur era came, came alive, will we call him a kaiju? Or are we just like, oh, that's a cephalophodophosaurus? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like your scientific uh, explanation here. The dinosaur era. I, I can tell you yeah. studied your dinosaurs, Alex. <laughs> I'm a big fan of history. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get into the film with our film introduction. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break it down. All right. Let's me. get into it. The kaiju fans may be anticipating Godzilla versus King Kong in 2020. Most moviegoers aren't aware that the two have fought before, despite the fact that 1962's King Kong vs. Godzilla still holds the record for the most attended film in Godzilla franchise history. Originally envisioned as King Kong vs. Frankenstein's monster, studio executives passed the film off to Toho, who of course reimagined Frankenstein's monster as the Godzilla we know and love. Once again directed by Ashiro Honda after his Godzilla Raids Again hiatus, Many critics and even fans rate King Kong vs. Godzilla as one of Honda's worst. And to be fair, this film is full of ridiculousness. Giant octopus attacks, gorilla worship, and a terrible voiceover to boot. One could easily wonder if King Kong vs. Godzilla is a soulless exercise in money grabbing, but maybe there's more. What do you think, Alex? Is King Kong vs. Godzilla a thrown-together moneymaker, or is there some meaning in this madness? I certainly think that the American version of the film feels like a shallow cash grab. After watching this Japanese version, you know, I've been bad-mouthing this movie for the last two episodes, and the Japanese version of this film is phenomenal. It is so different, but the American version is missing the comedy some of the logic even of the film it's missing just the heart and soul i mean we're getting these monologues instead of character development and story building the interesting thing is this film is at least the japanese version is relatable even today and probably even more relevant today yeah which is you know kind of kind of baffling you know mr taco is like this new slash pharma tycoon who just wants his company's <laughs> name in the spotlight you know and that you don't pick up any of that in the American version. And he plays like the most prominent role in this film. And he's willing to do anything to get there. So to get these headlines, he's willing to lie, cheat, and steal. And he steals King Kong. And, you know, does that sound familiar? Something maybe the news media does today. They do anything to get a headline, get the clicks, anything. And it just feels like a satire. Whereas that American version was, it was so so serious and so it made the ridiculousness of the film not flow well which was kind of you know watching the japanese version i was of two minds about it you know this is one of my favorite films from when i was a kid right the the american version the american version yeah and so to kind of see that i you know i felt like i'd been lied to all this time <laughs> <laughs> you know i felt almost like betrayed watching this i'm like this film is so much better 
But, you know, as a kid, I wouldn't have wanted to read the subtitle. Mm-hmm. So, America let me down. They gave me this crappy edit. It was interesting reading about this because I was so, I guess, mesmerized by this new version of the film that yeah. I didn't know existed, especially to this extent. But I was reading about, you know, Honda did mean for this to be a satire, which is very clear pretty early on. It was a response to media in general and its upward trend towards ridiculousness. So in Japan, networks at the time were fighting each other for ratings by doing more and more grotesque and crazy things on their shows to get viewers. And it all culminated in a wrestling match Hmm. on one of the networks. And during this wrestling match, one of the wrestlers bites into another wrestler's head, like actually bites in blood's coming out. And it was so shocking to Japan that two people died watching the show. (laughs) That sounds ridiculous, but continue, continue. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So, yeah. So, you know, I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. And it put the final battle in a whole new light. What does the final showdown feel like? Uh, It feels like a wrestling match. It doesn't feel like it doesn't really feel like Godzilla versus King Kong. Right. It feels like two dudes just wrestling, <laughs> and we see that. I mean, it's got it's got all these ups and downs, and I think we're going to talk about it later. But that final fight, mm-hmm. it's I got a lot to say about it. I got a lot to Good. say about. It. Well, what about you? What did you think? Well, when you pitched this podcast idea to me a couple months ago, and I started to watch a couple of these early films, I watched the American version, King Kong versus Godzilla, and. I actually thought it was a fun film because it was just so ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I thought it was completely stupid, if I, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but on this rewatch, when you know, you have to kind of dig around a little bit online, you know, to find that nice Japanese 4K version, um, which will be coming out on Criterion here. So that's exciting. But rewatching it in the original Japanese version, HD. I've got to say, it changed my opinion completely. I've got an overall argument that I hope to make in this episode. I think it goes along with what you're saying. And that's that the Japanese version of this film is actually a smart satire. Whereas the American version is a half-hearted attempt to remove the humor and satire, which butchers the intention of Honda's vision. I think there's some hints of the themes in the American version, but the Japanese version is a much more thoughtful critique. It critiques the nature of television ratings, big pharma companies, the American military industrial complex, and overall consumer culture. From the very beginning of this Japanese film, it feels completely different. There's a Japanese news anchor and the humor begins immediately. In the American version, we get a very similar beginning. You get that uh, cartoon model of the globe and then it has this Hamlet quote, there are more things in heaven on earth ratio than are dreamt of in your philosophy. It cuts away to an American news anchor who then continues to give us an exposition of what we should expect in this film. The Japanese version, however, it does cut to a Japanese anchorman, but the anchorman immediately laughs, smiles, and said this says this scene is something from a comic book which transitions immediately to Mr. Taco watching the Japanese anchorman on TV and the humor ensues. Right off the bat, we get that this is not going to be some self-serious picture. It has a level of self-awareness. The American version assumes what the audience wants to see, and it's a bigger and badder version of the original Godzilla. But that's 
not what we get is Alex. No, not at all. I mean, the original Godzilla's dark, depressing, serious throughout the entire film. Probably what the American version really, really wanted. But, yeah, you know, that American version, it's soulless. The American version of King Kong versus Godzilla, that is. It's just soulless. There's no heart <laughs> to it. Things just happen uh, without explanation. It's, sure, there's there's fun. It's in just it. odd. Like there's fun in it, right? But oh yeah, there's fun. In it. I mean, I loved watching that American version again because it's a bad movie, and I've said that <laughs> in the previous podcast. This is a bad movie, but watching the Japanese version, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. It's purposely the way it is. No, I and I you know right. I think it's pretty interesting that this is so good because it's kind of like you said earlier. You know, this started as Frankenstein versus King Kong. Yeah. And then they couldn't get the rights to Frankenstein. So it got kicked over to Japan. This guy really wanted to make the movie. The guy that wanted to make the movie was the special effects guy of the original King (laughs) Kong. And he's the one that's wanting to kick this whole thing off. And so he runs over to Japan and, oh, let's do Godzilla. Well, they they did. They rewrote a lot of the film. But you, you see some cracks where... Frankenstein wasn't completely written out. Right. <laughs> and so in the film that, that was originally Frankenstein versus King Kong, Frankenstein had the electrical powers, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. He's the one that gets resuscitated by lightning. He's the one that grabs King Kong and lightning shooting from his hands. I was wondering what that was all about. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So so when they, when they got Godzilla, they put King Kong in Frankenstein's spot <laughs> and Godzilla in King Kong's spot. Nice. And of course, they, they they clearly, you know, with them going to uh, Faroe Island, that was clearly created for King Kong. Right. That wasn't a Frankenstein yeah. part. Well, probably, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because but that does more, line up more with the original King Kong and the future incarnations of King Kong. Faroe Island sounds like Skull Island. It's it's just you know, yeah, it's just kind of the same thing. No, you're uh, right. but you you see these cracks where. It sounds like it was almost slapped together, but Ishiro Honda is the man. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to put a he knows how to put a movie well, together. I'll, he really does. I'll, I'll tell you what helped me a lot. It wasn't just the story; it was like this HD Japanese definition, high definition film that I watched. Like it made the colors pop compared to the first American version that I watched, and that actually just sets a different tone right off the bat. You know, Godzilla Raids Again, it kept that black and white motif with a big emphasis on, you know, the darker shades. But King Kong versus Godzilla goes in a completely different direction. We have those vibrant colors that indicate this is a different kind of film. The color allows this humor to breathe a little. It makes the whole film feel a whole lot less serious and more self-aware. There's several other moments, though, for me that that help me know that this film is self-aware. First off, when Godzilla attacks, Mr. Taco, he's distressed, but it's not because of the destruction. He's distressed because Godzilla takes attention away from his own company, Pacific Pharmaceuticals, right? The second thing, (laughs) there's, there's a part in the film, I just think it's hilarious. It's great editing. A pharmaceutical employee says, stupid idiot, it's not a wrestling match. And then Taco shows up out of nowhere. And this ties back to your point about wrestling as well. Taco shows up out of nowhere, dressed in full expedition gear and says, I'll take that idea. King Kong versus Godzilla, which is then almost immediately cut to him repelling from a helicopter. The last man (laughs) you would ever expect to be repelling from a helicopter onto a boat is Mr. Taco. 
But the editing there made me laugh out loud. The next thing, the entire country of Japan in this film seems much more enthralled by the idea of this potential battle than about the potential threat of Godzilla. At one point, Mm -hmm. there's a kid that exclaims, he just wants to see Godzilla. He's not worried. He just wants to, you know, have a chance to to see it. Basically, a movie star is what it kind of feels like, right? Yeah. Uh, In another scene, there's a bystander. And they're just kind of strangers. We haven't really been introduced to this group of people. But one stranger asks another, how is your family involved in this? And the stranger responds, I have some bets on the outcome, right? It's just setting up this fact that this is... This is a wrestling match, right? There's uh, a level of self-awareness to this that I think this film really gets right. Uh, At one point, Taco even says that the newspaper, that they're laughing at themselves. And I think that's what this film is doing. It's laughing at itself. Overall, what did you think? How did this film laugh at itself? I think King Kong is one way the film laughs at itself. What did you think about King Kong overall, Alex? I certainly didn't fear King Kong. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have that intimidation Godzilla did, even in the second movie. Right. But to be fair, Godzilla didn't really have that intimidation, but he looked a lot better than he did mm-hmm. in that second movie. <laughs> um, but Kong Kong looked like a fool, man. I mean, this is this is going to be the only part of the film I'm really going to dunk on, but it was also <laughs> feels like it was, a lot of it had to be on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and, it all, and, you know, in all these moments, they made me laugh out loud. They really did. So they add to the charm of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. First off, there's a couple scenes where you can literally see the zipper on the back of <laughs> Kong's suit. You know, guys, zoom in. You can see it. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. His suit also, especially when it gets wet, it kind of looks like a paper bag. Mm-hmm. It's moving around <laughs> on like a skeleton almost. His eyes also, they're especially in the the pu- when the puppetry's going on, the real yeah. close-ups. Oh, yeah. His eyes are painted on. They're painted <laughs> on. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're not sculpted. They're not sculpted like Godzilla's. Right. You know, Godzilla's got these sculpted eyes. They've got like probably a vacuum form going on over these eyes. They don't look good. <laughs> they, Godzilla's eyes don't look good in this, but they certainly look better than painted on eyes. Well, what did you think about those, those eyes? I'll tell you this. I don't know how intentional the look of Godzilla was, if I'm being honest, but I'm willing to forgive it a little bit in the Japanese version. To me... This King Kong looks like an insult to people that struggle with seizures. Really, what is happening with him? I have to. Whenever they zoom in on his eyes, he's like, well, he's like twitching. He's like twitching, and when he runs, he has those like convulsions. You know, every time we get a cl- close up of his face, you just see those twitching eyes. I think are just trying to cover up the fact that they're literally painted on. Um, I I really don't buy it. He's running, yeah, and it's like he's sauntering. It looks more like he's sauntering than like preparing for battle, especially that first time yes. he runs into Godzilla, right? <laughs> but the arms look so unnatural yeah. because there's no movement in the hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you right. expect yeah. a lot of movement out of his hands. <laughs> well, instead, it looks like a guy walking in a suit <laughs> holding like these arm extensions. It really does. <laughs> it looks so bad, man. I mean, he's just... It really does. <laughs> through and through, he's not intimidating. I mean, his idea of a good time is going out beating an octopus, getting some red drink, and then and then being lulled to sleep by his worshipers. I mean, you know, now that, I, now that I've said it out loud, yeah. it doesn't sound too bad. It doesn't sound so bad. No, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's pretty bad. Yeah, no, I think there's some other issues too. Um, so I've praised the film a lot, but I do think there are a couple of plot points we have to point out here. 
All right. So the grand vision that the military has to defeat Kong, well, actually to bring Kong to Godzilla to make him battle, is they're going to put King <laughs> Kong to sleep, right? Um, even more ridiculous and <laughs> uh, putting Kong to sleep by playing bongos is the fact that, you know, they're going to air balloon him to Godzilla using the string just so happened to be introduced at the beginning of the film and that now we have apparently an abundant supply of, right? It's just kind of ridiculous. Now, there is one callback that I really did like. I believe yeah. it was Asamu. Uh, he was the one playing the drums early on in the in the movie. I like right. that he is the one yeah. playing the drums when that happens. It's like, okay, yeah, they, they get the musician would be the one that knows the beat that he heard on that island. And you know, that song, <laughs> which by dude, the way, that song is, is so cool. Good. And it's a, it's another <laughs> really good showing that these movies need Akira. I mean, right. He's so good. Well, it's interesting. You're right. You're right. And it's interesting too. the Japanese version yes. starts off with that song and the American version doesn't. I'm like, why it's such, <laughs> it's so much better to start off with the song. It just kind of like sets this mood. It's going to be fun. This is an adventure movie. It's a comedy adventure movie. It's not this serious, like serious Godzilla of old. This is a comedy adventure, and you need to jump on board. That's what that song tells me, right? And the American version just doesn't do it. I no, don't you're. I mean, you're right, though. I mean, it does. You know, first impressions are the most important, and the Japanese version has a much better first impression. I gotta say, I'm also confused as as to how they got Kong. Like, are you telling me that these guys? Whenever the the uh, the islanders, whenever they put put him to sleep after his red drink, <laughs> as soon as they put him to sleep, they create a giant raft. Where do they find the trees big enough for this raft? I have no idea. They make a giant raft and somehow get King Kong onto the raft in like a couple minutes. <laughs> there's there's a convenient transition there. But the most concerning part for me. Is that those people just let their god be stolen? <laughs> That's <There's> true. Like, <laughs> but that is true. We'll lend, we'll lend them to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> For a pack of cigs. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Here's what I thought was actually kind of interesting, though. In the American version, um, this and like the, those plot holes, especially the solution with you know the guy playing bongos and putting him to sleep again, putting him, you know, carrying him with balloons. It was all really ridiculous. But but because of this Japanese version self-awareness, I actually see it as part of the theme that, you know, Honda's exploring here. Um, it's ridiculous to try to deal with a threat like King Kong or Godzilla, these big existential threats. It's actually kind of ridiculous to have these militaristic solutions to these existential problems, right? Um, in a self-aware satire, the only thing that could possibly work would be the ridiculous. Right. Right. So I thought it worked. Like, as, as ridiculous as it was, I actually thought it kind of added to the themes that we've been talking about. Um, but of course, we haven't yet talked about the actual battle, the King Kong versus the Godzilla matchup we've all been waiting for. What did you think of the actual battle, Alex? It's horrendous <laughs> in the best ways. It's so good. <laughs> it really is good, though. I mean, if he was going yeah. for satire, he nailed it. I mean, okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna try. I haven't seen wrestling in a while, people, but I'm going to try to relate everything I'm talking about to wrestling. <laughs> okay, so you've Please got do. the ridiculous entrance. 
with King Kong dropping onto a mountain off of balloons <laughs> and slide kicking oh, Godzilla. Man. So good. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. <laughs> but it, okay, so you've got this ridiculous entrance. So, you know, the, the, the energy is already high. And then you've got shady tactics that, you know, someone always uses. You know, maybe the referee is looking away. So you've got Kong hiding in that little alcove to grab Godzilla's tail. And then, in all these wrestling things, <laughs> yeah. someone self-injures himself by like, jumping off the turnbuckle and slamming into the ground like nobody else is there. And we see yes. that with my yeah. favorite scene of the entire movie, Kong rolling down the hill, I guess to... I don't know whether yeah. he's trying to take out Godzilla or know. avoid something. I don't know. I'm not sure. But he does a roll and face plants into a rock. I mean, he should be dead. He should be dead. And he definitely goes into like the seizure <laughs> afterwards where he's like, he's totally oh, out of it. It's amazing. So then you get like this moment where, oh, the guy's down, but not out. Well, he gets up, he gets knocked down again, and then he really gets killed pretty much. And then you have like that unlikely <laughs> resuscitation of power. Let's be honest. He he gets dominated. He like gets King Kong gets destroyed. If, if he wasn't the benefactor of the most unlikely roving storm of all time. <laughs> I mean, this this storm was so unlikely. The sky was blue before and after he got struck by light. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's back in action. He has new superpowers. He's, so he's got new moves to, to tackle him with. He uses a tree on Godzilla's face. So that's the equivalent of taking a chair to him. I mean, the whole <laughs> thing is a wrestling match. And it ends ambiguously where neither person really wins, which happens a lot in wrestling. Absolutely. It's just so interesting. <laughs> All right, Alec. I think it's time for us to move into our award section. All right. So tell me. Who was your coolest character okay, award? Okay. Here? My guy, he's not the coolest character. All right. He's not. But he is my favorite. <laughs> you know, this he's not a Sirizawa. He's not a Kobayashi. But Mr. Taco, man. He's yeah. so Mr. Taco's he's great. so funny. He's so he's like the oh, he's, yeah. he's the least intimidating evil person I've seen in a movie. You know, he's so corrupt, he's only thinking about himself. And, you know, he even smuggles Kong into the country illegally <laughs> and is caught doing so. Well, but then, <laughs> like the last movie, the dumbest person in the movie actually saves Japan. So, you know, that's why he's my favorite. Yeah, no, Taco is great. I love at the beginning, as I said, the humor starts right from the beginning. He has that entire, like, slapstick routine where he's holding the phone upside down. And it actually did make me chuckle, I have to say. But my coolest character goes to Shingawa, who's not a major character here. I'm not quite sure his role. Did you pick up on that? He's he's some like government official of some sort, uh, right? Or a scientist of yeah, some I'm sort. Yeah, I'm not sure. He, he's in a position of power. But what I thought was interesting is he's played by Akihiko Hirata, which mm-hmm. who does he play from the original? Sarazawa, right? Sarazawa. Yeah, I was like, Oh, that's really cool, right? He plays a different character, same actor, different character. And as I was looking that up and I was seeing that, I was like, oh, this is recurring. We're going to see more of this in future Godzilla films. Mm -hmm. But I just thought the Shingawa character, he was cool. He was calm. He was collected. He's honestly a very different character here compared to all the other characters we get in the movie. Uh, I really like this quote that uh, he said at one point. He said, Japan is the perfect place to return to. Every animal remembers when it was born. I'm sure it hasn't forgotten either. Right? Mm-hmm. There's something um, possessive, I think, 
in Japanese culture about Godzilla. And I like that, right? It feels like it's a product of that culture of that country. And Shingawa was, was a representative of that idea in this. But if we're being honest, um, the only reason you picked yeah. him was because it was played by the yeah. guy that played Sarazawa. Well, this is this is a big part of it. This is a big you're gonna, part of You're going to have a lot of favorite characters coming up, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so that's a cool thing, Eric, going forward through these Godzilla uh-huh. movies. You're going to see a lot of actors. You're going to be like, he looks familiar. And it's like, oh, he's played four different characters in this universe. Right. I, and I did not realize that, but that's cool. I like that. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's kind of attributed to Japan, you know, being such a small country has a limited supply of actors and actresses. So a lot of yeah. them come reuse. You know, I was looking at, I believe it was actually Akihiko Harada who plays Sirozawa. He had 10 movies come out in 1962. 10 wow. movies. Wow. So you're going to see this coming up a <laughs> Plus lot. Plus you, you have collaborators, you know, like Honda probably had the go-to actors that he was using time and time again. So I expect that. What do you think was, what was your most memorable line? Okay. So this is when they're on Faroe Island and mm-hmm. they're trying to get the natives there to calm down. And so what they eventually do after showing them a radio, the big thing is cigarettes. This is something that you would probably never <laughs> see in a movie now. You can't, you know, there's, there's laws against this now for sure. A kid is trying to bum a cig <laughs> from, from Asawa. And he's, you know, he's like, he's in this situation where he's really, he just wants to see this, this God that he doesn't even know if it exists or not yet. But so he's like, he gives in. He's like, okay. And he says, this isn't right. Don't tell your mom where you got him. Then <laughs> the mom takes one of the cigarettes from the kid's hand and they both smoke. Yeah. It. Oh, yeah. It's so it's ridiculous. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, <laughs> what about you? Well, mine came from my favorite character, Shingawa. And it's at the very end of the film. And it's super on the nose, but I think once again, it's self-aware that it's on the nose followed by the second, which, which is kind of indicated by the second half of this quote. It says, this is Shingawa at the end. Well, I guess that we as humans must change how we treat plants and animals. It's time to learn from them. Dot, dot, dot. That's all I have to say, (laughs) right? Like that's the last, that's the end of the movie. That's all I have to say. It's like a wink, wink at the audience, right? Like we got to treat the the earth better because you see what happens when we don't. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like it's almost like uh, you know you're expecting this like big soliloquy or something like that, where he's going to go and elaborate and how we should be better, treat the planet better, and he's yeah. just like, okay, well that's it. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I will say, the American version has a great line. This uh, <laughs> is stupid, stupid pun. And it's King Kong can't make a monkey out of me, which was a a serious contender. But I'm going to go with Shingawa here. What about the can't believe that acting award? All right. We're going to do another one where I'm acting the actual role because it was so bad. Okay, please do. So this is so uh, we didn't really go into this, but there are some uh, several American actors in this film that are they're in this nuclear sub. They're part of the American military going to, I don't know what their objective is, but they see God, Godzilla's like iceberg. I think it's to explore like mysterious activity in this iceberg. Yeah, probably. So they see this iceberg, they go towards it and they run into an iceberg, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, how yeah. they didn't see it is beyond <laughs> me. Uh, so they run into it and maybe, the, maybe this is Honda saying, you know, American military is, is stupid. 
<laughs> it is framed. Know. By the way, it is framed. If you watch it, it's framed differently in the American version and Japanese version. Part of that exposition at the beginning with the American anchor is like very pro-American. Like mm-hmm. we have American explorers going to scientifically explore these unnatural, supernatural phenomenon in the Arctic Sea, right? Or something yeah. ridiculous like that. But, you know, it seems a lot more um, like the Americans are stupid right in the japanese version but anyway what's what's your line all right so this is the sub captain and the interesting thing is all the american lines they are dubbed and so the american actors actually had to go back and re-record their lines over themselves and so it looks it looks horrendous and so all the lines are delivered even worse than they probably were originally uh this guy runs up and goes you know there's the the water in the area is 18 degrees they're they're in the arctic so that's unusual. Yeah. Sub captain, eighteen <laughs> degrees. It can't be. It can't be a warm current running in the Arctic Sea. Check that temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. That was it. It was. Uh, it was incredible. It was a moving piece of cinema. I shed a tear. Not not at the film, but at your performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but <laughs> <laughs> minus minus similar. It is uh, an American line. This time from a helicopter, not a submarine. And it's really simple. It's the American looks out the window and just in the most stereotypical way shouts, it's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. It's, it's really bad. bad. I mean, it was probably His the best reaction. Did. I mean, there is an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, so Asawa's, Asawa's girlfriend right. is running away from Godzilla after he trashes the train. And she mm-hmm. is running through this river. It is the best performance I have ever seen. Of a car lot inflatable. I've never seen someone <laughs> throw their arms and move their body like a wet noodle like this. It was incredible. It didn't make any sense in the frame of the movie, but I, I would I would have put her on my car lot. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if I had to give this to somebody in a serious way, like a, a positive can't believe that acting award, it would be Taco. Like... Dude. So many times throughout the film, he just did small little things that made me laugh out loud. So I really did appreciate it. He's him. absurd, but not annoying. And right. that's kind of <laughs> hard to pull off sometimes, you know? It is. Uh, um, what about your standout effect? What was your standout effect award? Uh, all right. This is a really minor one. And it's probably something nobody even cared to pay attention to. But so one of the things I absolutely love about these movies is the miniature work that they do on all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was really impressive. The original Godzilla. The second one, yeah. the the miniature work is almost non-existent, really. I mean, even the final fight, there's not a lot. It's all really small buildings, not a whole lot. And even this one, there's still not much. But there's a moment where they're building the traps, where they try to like bury Godzilla, where they try to drop him in the hole. After he sees King Kong the first time, but before the second fight. And yeah. they're putting this together. And then it cuts to like a a, a shot from like a hilltop. What, and it shows like cars rolling in and them assembling the trap. You know, I paused it because I realized, oh, this is actually like a miniature. But it looks so good. The cars looked perfect. Like everything was remarkable in just a few short years what it's been like what 10 years now a few short years they've already like really amped it up now i mean when godzilla yeah. first breaks out of the ice we see the military <laughs> come out and like they're ready for him which i really like because that's not mm-hmm. in that's not really shown 
in the American version that that True. it doesn't feel like they're ready for him. We'll just wait. Like mm-hmm. his his resuscitation is inevitable, and so they yeah. go out and fight him. But those miniatures look bad. But we do have the flip side where an entire set looks perfect. It's kind of jaw dropping. It's so small and maybe dumb to some people, but I really liked it. What about you? No, it's cool. Um, for me, it has to be the octopus, right? Dude, <laughs> the octopus is so gross uh, because it's a real octopus. Mm-hmm. I, probably because I'm not a filmmaker, but I'm not sure how they did that whole thing. I would like to explore that more because that that scene where you have you know people throwing spears at the octopus it's just really cool and you know it's it looks real um part of it doesn't look real when it whenever the octopus throws the humans around that 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 gets a little weird (laughs) it looks bad i mean that when he picked up that person that person looked like you know the original mortal Kombat, where it's pictures of real people and it looks horrendous that's what that (laughs) looks like you're right yeah, I really did. But it still had that like gross effect, just crawling along the surface. I was impressed. I thought it was really cool. It is cool, especially when they show the real octopus crushing that little town or yeah, that, yeah. that building that the uh, mom and the son are in. It's cool. I, I think what they did, they did a green screen and ha- then had them throw stuff at it. And it looked good for the most part until Kong got involved. And then you could tell he was throwing it at like a piece of wood and it was bouncing yeah. off. And then there's that image of it. But, but it is impressive because it's a real octopus. Now, when it's on his head, I'm like 95% sure it's fake, but it looks yeah. good. That's the thing is it looks good. It does. So, yeah. yeah it's I was cool. wondering at, at one point about that, um, the mom character uh, on the island. I like, who is this actress that they got? They like found like, the most beautiful actress that they could find <laughs> yes. and put her in this role as an island tribes woman, right? Yeah. It was just like, that's that's pretty convenient that the prominent role here is given to the most beautiful person on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do have an I do have another award though, and oh, this is a bonus award for okay. this week. What is it? All right. So I've got the split decision award because we don't see who wins this battle. Is it King Kong or is it Godzilla? Who do you think, Alex? Who do you think won this battle? You know, being the hardcore Godzilla fan that I am, I've mm-hmm. always chalked it up to a tie because I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's any way you can say Kong lost. Right. He gets the living crap beat out of him, but does. he does. He does come back. Yeah. You know, all he needs is a lightning strike, and he's back to 110. <laughs> percent Speaking of which. If there's not a lightning strike, you know, the new Godzilla versus King Kong, I'm not watching it. <laughs> that would be incredible if they did that. That would be amazing. Critics would love that. <laughs> big fans, big fans. We hear them both roar in the final credits of the Japanese version, which, you know, in, in the American version, only Kong roars. Yeah. But the, another thing that indicates that they're both alive is, well, Godzilla's amphibious. He lives underwater. So right. who's not to say he just swam away as well? Maybe he went underwater and Kong couldn't find him. The reason I say Kong did not win for sure is Kong would have done something victorious afterwards. Right. You know, seeing the way that they both behave, they both like to taunt, they both like to showboat. (laughs) And so if either one of them won, we would have seen like a a triumphant like taunt, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it was a tie. I think it was a draw. My favorite moment 
was definitely you mentioned it briefly earlier when King Kong uses the tree to literally gag Godzilla. It's awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite gifts to use. It's really great. Um, but you're right. There is some controversy. You know, like if you read anything about the differences in these two films online, you'll see people talk about the ending. You know, they say, oh, in the American version, um, King Kong wins. But in the Japanese version, nobody wins. So it's like uh, pro-America. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which other people have then come back and said, no, that's not true. Like, go watch the films. Like, it's clear that nobody wins. I kind of like a push against that. I kind of go with the kind of the conspiracy theorist on this one. Because in the American version, you're right. Only King Kong roars at the end. I went back and I double-checked it. And then the American anchor right? The American anchor at the end. And we cut back to him, the one we saw at the beginning. And he says something like, we wish him good luck, the best of luck on his long journey home, Mm. right? Referring to King Kong. So there's this like pro King Kong, pro America bias, it feels like in the American version Mm -hmm. that you don't get in the Japanese version. So I I do think there's a little bit to that controversy. I think the King Kong version ends with a shot of him going into the sea. But the the Japanese version, there there's a scene or two afterwards. And in yeah. one of those, one of them mentions that it's most likely Godzilla's still alive. Uh, he even, the guy even says it. You're right. And then we get the line that I already mentioned from Shigawa about how we should treat animals better. So <laughs> Yeah. You know, you're talking about these conspiracy theories. But I remember one of the theories being Japan had a version where Godzilla is going out into the water like King Kong is at the end. And then the American version was Kong was going out in the water. And so they filmed two different endings, but you know, it's not true, but that this was back early internet back when nobody could get a hold of the Japanese version. True. Hey, so Alex, you know what time it is? Theometer. I'm going to guess it's the theometer. 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 All right, let's do it. All right. Let's hear it. Theo. I see King Kong. I see Godzilla. What else is in the sky there? Airplane. What do you think about the scariness of these two monsters here? Um, I don't know. Well, King Kong, he's a gorilla. Yeah. And Godzilla, he's an alligator. He's an alligator? Yeah. I never thought of Godzilla as an alligator. Who thinks he's going to win this fight? Definitely. What just happened there? Oh man, Godzilla just fired an airplane. He's flaming fire. Is King Kong hurt, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I see him burned up. He has smoke coming out of him. Pretty impressive. Who do you think is going to win this fight? Who? Him, the so alligator. The alligator? You mean Godzilla? Yeah. Godzilla's going to win the fight? Yeah, because he's an alligator. Well, let me ask you this. What? On your Theo scale of scary, yeah. how scary is King Kong? One? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just a one. Yeah. Just to be clear, you hold up a number one. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. He's not scary at all. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, just one. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go with that for this week. This has been another edition of The Theometer. We'll see you next time. All right. Welcome back. Um, I think it's time for our rating and rankings. Alligator. 
Alligator. Who's my favorite alligator? Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you can tell that Theo, he knows his kaiju, man. He really does. We should have we had him answering your questions at the beginning of the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Alec, what rating would you give this film and how does it rank from the first three that we've watched? Okay. So if I'm being completely honest, it was pretty high, even on the American version. But it's... That was completely attributed to nostalgia for the film, I think. I knew it wasn't a good movie, but it was a fun movie, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But rewatching this Japanese version, it's a good and funner movie. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's better in every way. It's, it's shocking how much was cut from the original film. And maybe yeah. some people could compare that difference from the. Uh, Gojira versus Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Edit, you know, one's more optimistic than the other one. The other one's more serious. As soon as they indicated that this was a parody while I was watching, yeah. not a parody, but a satire, I mean, it completely changed everything. It, just a few scenes at the beginning completely changed my opinion of the movie and give me better context. I mean, they flesh out all the characters more. And so they don't feel, I mean, some of them feel like throwaways. When yeah, are they not? They when you've got when you've got King Kong and Godzilla. But the two main characters and Mr. Taco, they they don't feel like throwaways. They're, they feel like essential fun additions to the film. Mm-hmm. I, I got to give this one like, it's probably a four out of five for me, man. I, I, I really, nice. <laughs> I really liked it. No, I feel you. I feel you. No, honestly. So my second viewing of this film changed it for me. Um, I'm really glad we decided to watch the Japanese version. The first time around, I gave this a 2.5 out of 5, but I still actually acknowledged that like it still would have been ranked, I think, ahead of Godzilla Raids again for me, just because of the fun factor. I really thought this was a fun film, even in the American version. But in the Japanese version, it keeps that same level of fun, but also adds meaning to it. Right. There's there's something to be said, actually, in it's the Japanese version. It does. And so I give this film. I'm right with you. I, how did we keep on agreeing on these things? We're not supposed to agree. I give it a four out of five. We never agree. But I give this a four out of five as well um, because it's fun with substance. Oh, man. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how much of a voice Honda had during the yeah. first film. You know, back when I watched these all these movies previously, I didn't pay attention to who directed them. I didn't pay attention to the message of the movie. And really, I just watched it to watch Godzilla fight. I mean, that's (laughs) the whole reason I I started watching them. And so when there was more human interaction than Godzilla, I was kind of bummed out. But this time, looking for meaning and really examining it, I'm having more fun with the human parts than the Godzilla right now. Well, I'm, I may, maybe I'm ruining your your viewing experience, Alex, by making us think about these things. But I'm enjoying it as well. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I should probably I should probably hold back my praise until we get a little bit further in. I think. Well, no, I mean, Honda directs a lot of these movies, so you're gonna get meaning in a lot of them. Uh, nice. I know for a fact the next two they've got things to say. Cool. What are we watching next week? All right, so I'm a little bummed out. 1964's Mothra vs. Godzilla. I'm not a big Mothra fan, people. I don't get it. But I will say, I'll give you a little tease. This last viewing of Mothra, I got more respect for Mothra now than I did initially. So maybe my opinions are changing. That's interesting. Like the, nice. <laughs> These films have so much depth that I'm growing each time I see them. Well, that's probably... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's the depth of these films. I think that that's what we should ask. That's what we'll start off asking next time is, what is it really that Kaiju fans appreciate about Mothra? Um, because yeah. this is the last film that I've watched. After this one, it'll all be first viewings for me from here on out, pretty much. Well, um, except for the 2014 American Godzilla, right? Yes. And I did see the other American Godzilla. The, the um, 1999. Yeah. Yes, I saw that one went out in 1999. So, Ooh, lucky <laughs> yeah, you. I, I don't really remember it very well, but it'll be interesting for me to 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 view these films for the first time after Mothra next week. And for those of you that don't know, Mothra did have another title. Uh, it was originally called The Thing versus Godzilla, or or it was Godzilla versus the Thing. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but so some of you may have seen this and not realized it. Nice. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod, at Al Cornette, and at Mr. Eric Neely. You can also keep up with our rankings on Letterboxd. You can email us any questions or feedback that you have at mvmpod at gmail.com. But until next week. Oh, wait, wait, try... wait. Eric, Eric, yes? Eric, wait, wait, yeah. wait. We didn't rank the movie. We didn't. You're right. Where we does it fall for you? Consensus. Where does it fall? It's, it, dude, it almost it, it's almost number one because it's so that's blas- fun. That's that's blasphemy, but it, but it's not. It's number two. It's number I've enjoyed two. our discussion more, but it is number two. It's number two for me, well as well. <laughs> but until next week, Alex, try, try to, stay to stay alive. alive. <laughs> We're Peace. never gonna get it. We will. <laughs> See you.